Welcome into the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. I am Bo. He is Johnny. Speaking of Johnny's, Johnny Diebler will join us in about 15, 20 minutes. Get you set for the basketball tournament. Talk about his brother on staff at Ohio State. Now, Chris Holtman has kind of stemmed the tide between the Thad guys and the Holtman guys and how they're all just Buckeye guys, and it's a win for everybody. But uh, we're going to start today as it's it's this is the calm before the storm, my friend. The media days have begun in the Big 12. They have begun in the Southeastern Conference, and they will be for the Big 10 towards the end of the week. This will be a dramatically different Big Ten media day than the one we had a year ago, John. As yeah. We, um, as, it was funny. Urban was at an event today for the Ronald McDonald House, and he, he said something to the effect, a buddy of mine in the crowd said that Urban made a joke. And he said, the one thing I won't miss is Big Ten media days. And it got a big laugh, and I thought, geez, it's, it's amazing how that day at that podium set it all off. Yeah. Well, I, so what's interesting to me and, and what I think is really critical for college coaches today to understand, and this is maybe in any sport, but obviously more importantly in basketball and football, is that you've got to be good at that. And to yep. me, look, Jim Trestle was good at that in a way that deflected and, and did, you know, he, he talked without saying anything and whatnot. Oh I don't know that that's acceptable any longer. You've got to be a lot more gregarious with the media. You've got to be a lot. Uh, more personable and I think the era of the football coach who can kind of stoically say nothing and everybody will just kind of shrug their shoulders of that I think that's gone and so you've got to be a lot more media savvy than obviously kind of Urban Meyer you know expressed last season but just in any event you've just got to be able to engage with the media in a way that kind of gets them on your side a little bit and obviously when you've got a you know a brewing scandal and things to you know kind of explain and whatnot and if you don't do that well, you know, that's that that could signal some really bad things good, you know, down the line. It was a stunning thing to witness. Yeah. Live. Um, even in the mill. But but that being said, in the moment, you never thought it would eventually lead to the end. I mean, sure. you know, you just but the things just kept trickling and it was a faucet that couldn't get turned off. Um, and so, look, we've we've done that. We've talked about that story so much over the last year. And it's um, as we get back to Vinted Media Days, it's appropriate to um, kind of reflect on what that was and the anticipation around it, that the McMurphy story had came out the day before. So the timing was pretty shrewd on his part. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so the timing was pretty shrewd on his part. Um, and it, I think it was. I think there were about a million and 10 ways that Urban could have handled that. And he probably um, would have liked to have had it back because I think it could have, if it would have been handled differently, I think he'd still be the coach at Ohio state, frankly. Um, But that kind of set everything off. It it caused everybody to fact check and what was right and what was wrong. And the weird, the crazy thing about that story was, is that um, most people not, I'm not talking about the listeners of this fine podcast or to the people, listeners of my radio show or the people in Columbus or Buckeye fans, but most people, and that's most college football fans who are not Buckeye fans, they believed the very first part of that story. And that's all anybody cared to read about after that. Right. It was, it was that very first story. It was what was in that, that led to the, you, it was like decisions were set were minds were made up at that point and then that was it there was no more it just it was kind of a commentary on where we are with the way we get our information now but um it was very much the very first comment and then people just that was it there was no other nuance to the story i didn't think yeah I, well and you know the problem is is that 
if you are a casual fan, if you're somebody who isn't, um, if you're somebody who isn't locked into Ohio State sports, and that's something that you want updates on every day, and that's just you know you're kind of a drive-by consumer of the information, then you'll get that first part of it, and that's it. You don't have any yeah. desire to go back to it because in your mind you've gotten all the information you really care about. So Ohio State fans are consuming this on a daily basis. And I think not just Ohio State fans, but the media and, and, you know, everybody else who's trying to write about it and thinking about it. And and to me, honestly, I think that can also distort your vision in a lot of ways, too, because it's Mm -hmm. the immediacy of putting stuff out and trying to consume it all the time is, you know, it can definitely warp how you view things as well. But, yeah, if you're just somebody who's like, okay, this is the one time I'm going to engage with this story and that's it then that then your mind's going to be made up because you don't have any you know impetus or any reason to go back and and you know think about it some more because you don't care so no you really if you're a coach you've got one chance to make an impression and you know set kind of what you want the agenda to be on a story or a narrative and if you don't do a good job of that then you know it's it's over so uh what i'm interested in for this big 10 media i mean you've got you've got ryan day obviously this is his first time kind of really handling this uh, in, in such a way the, the guys that they chose, obviously there's a lot of, you know, people speculate about what that means and, and what that, that means for the football team. I, I think that's a little bit overblown, but really, you know, aside from the players, I really want to see how Ryan day uh, decides to kind of set the narrative for his football team uh, in the night, you know, 2019 football season, because that's, this is really his first chance to do it. Yeah, he's going to have he, – he'll have that narrative. I think there's a lot of things going in his favor. Um, I think that um, he is, outside of us, a relative unknown. Right. Right? <clears throat> so I don't know that he's going to get you, – you get a big benefit of the doubt out of the gates. He's not a – he is not a rock star head coaching hire. It's not like when Harbaugh went for the first time or Urban went for the first time. I was at both of those. That was nuts. That was absolute bonkers on both fronts. The first time Urban went to that thing and the first time Harbaugh went to that thing. It was absolute pandemonium. So that it's not going to be like that. There there isn't anything. uh, There's nothing. There's no prior. There's no prejudice with Ryan Day because nobody knows who he is outside of us. Right. I mean, coaching people know, but like generic football fans don't. Um, So like him speaking at media days, I don't know. I mean, it's a slow sports week. I wouldn't think it would have the attention of like sports center. You know, I don't think it's something that's going to get that attention. Then the players that they brought, um, no Chase Young, right? I think, I mean, they've got, you know, Jonathan Cooper, Jordan Fuller, KJ Hill are, are okay, going to the big team. So no yeah. Chase Young and no right. uh, Justin Fields, which they would they would be the people that everybody would want to talk to. And JK, right. I mean, if you're going to say, like, if if I was going to Jerry Emig and saying, hey, can I, I'm going to need to get JK, Justin, and and Chase Young. Those three guys are the guys I got to get. So they're not bringing any of those guys. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of like, hey, nobody notice us. We're Ohio State. We know we're the big swing and you know what, but don't pay attention to us. But yeah. others in the Big Ten have followed suit. I think there's only two quarterbacks going. Uh, the kid from Iowa, and is it Adrian Martinez? I think so. I think, there's, I think there's only two. I think it's just Nebraska and Iowa that are going. Harbaugh isn't even taking Patterson. No, which is ridiculous. Crazy. I don't know. I mean, he's taken. I mean, one of them I think is a senior walk-on. Like, like the Big Ten has allowed their coaches to do this, which is crazy because this is a big production for the Big Ten conference. You've been over there, haven't you? I have not. I have not personally been able to get out there. No. Okay, Jason. I saw. I remember seeing Jason over there. The czar. Yeah, yeah. I saw him quite a few times over there. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's a it's a big deal for the conference. I mean, it's a big thing for BTN, and these coaches have basically said, "Yeah, we'll bring who we want," and they haven't. <laughs> 
in some instances, in the case of Ohio State and Michigan, they've not brought the headliners. So right. I think it's going to be kind of a media day that comes and goes, and I think that's fine. After the one we had last year, I think most of us are fine with that. We can have a quiet media day. It's no no harm in that. So um, I, I think I think that's how it'll go. I think that you know most people will be curious about Michigan because there's a lot of eyes on them. Um, I think if we if if we'd bought, brought Fields, that would have a lot of attention, but we didn't. So I, I think it's going to be kind of something that comes and goes, and it'll be on a week of the Big 12 and SEC have already gotten started, and the ACC starts tomorrow. So like those, that's Clemson-Bama, right? They're going to have most of the headlines <laughs> right. throughout the week, and then the Big 10 is going to come in. you know. And by the way, the Big 12 has Oklahoma that's won the last two, two Heismans and the last two number one overall picks, and they got Jalen Hurts at quarterback. So there's a lot of juice to those three leagues, and the Big 10, I think, is going to kind of come and go on a Thursday and Friday, and I don't know if it's going to get noticed nationally. Well, I, I think the coaches like that. That's what they sure. want. They want to be able to duck their heads, not actually have to, you know, answer tough questions or at least, you know, have the opportunity to incorrectly answer a tough question or something like that. I just think it's a missed opportunity. I don't get angry at the idea that, you know, coaches and players are kind of ducking this a little bit because that's that's what they're going to do. I mean, they're they're going to try to avoid um, media questions. And when you put them in a giant, you know, like fishbowl like this, it's not what they want to do. They don't want to have to deal with you know things that they can't control um but for ryan day i mean i would hope that he would come out swinging man like i don't want if you are taking over this position at ohio state and you're the football coach and this is you're coming after you know kind of a controversial uh way that a tenure ended that was really successful there's tons of expectations on you this is your chance and, and granted, maybe it doesn't matter for players because obviously the recruiting, you know, proof is in the pudding. Like he's, he's clearly putting together an incredible recruiting class. That, that may be all that actually matters. But the perception of uh, fans and people nationally, I just think that this is a really, really good opportunity for Ryan Day to come out swinging. Yeah. And I would hope that he would. And, and I think he will. I think me, he'll be great. Yeah, I think he'll be great. But bring your best dudes and say, this is Ohio State. This is who we are. We are going to continue to rule over the Big Ten, and we are the equal of Alabama and Clemson and Oklahoma. And I just I don't think you do that by shying away from the spotlight. I think you have to kind of embrace yeah. it. Yeah, it's almost I think it almost feels like everybody in the Big Ten kind of got this memo and they all are are doing it this way. I mean, like yeah. Patterson not going for Michigan's crazy. Although I don't think that Trevor Lawrence is going for Clemson either. So no. well, I think I think some of those guys, but this is what I remember. I know I remember Braxton going when he was young. Right. Like basically, this was always leaders of the football team went, best players went in many instances. So yeah. it wasn't always seniors. Like it was, it was who are the people? And and if I'm the Big Ten, I'm Big Ten Network. I'm pissed because this is this is my one of my showcases, right? right? Where I have exclusivity. Nobody's, nobody's tuning in. I mean, look, nothing, nothing against you know Jonathan Cooper and these other guys. Like they're great players, but people aren't tuning in for that. No. They might tune in for you know Hill, but they're you know they well, want to see Justin yeah. Fields. I think they want so. to see Chase Young. Sure. So. Yeah. And I think that's why it's this media day. And and frankly, again, I'm fine with it because it's after last year, you can use a, a break, but um, it's going to be a media day that my prediction would be. It kind of comes and goes. And yeah. I don't know if, if much will come of it at all, um, but that'll be this week. And of course, we'll have you covered at 11 Warriors. Another thing I want to get to out of the gates before we get to Johnny Debler is my good buddy, Bill Bender, the sporting news, put out his college football uh, preseason post spring top 25. And what I like about Bill is that he's uh, he's well read and he does his homework. And one thing that has been 
overwhelming I've noticed in these preseason polls. And I just was talking to Uncle Tom about it on Saturday. Uncle Tom said, Bo, what, what's, I, I just heard somebody on the radio saying Michigan's going to the, to, the, uh, to the Final Four. Everyone's picking Michigan to beat us. And he goes, how is that? And I said, well, it's summer. That's what they do. <laughs> Michigan's very good at being good at, in the summer. I mean, this is every year's the year they're going to catch Ohio State. And I told, like I told Uncle Tom, I said, look at their schedule, buddy. You think they're going to navigate that and get, yeah. and they haven't beat Ohio State yet with Harbaugh? Like, I'm so, I just don't see it at all. But so a lot of these top 25s have had Michigan above Ohio State is a, is a pretty common thing that I've seen. So in Bender's top 25, the Big Ten is well represented. He has Nebraska at 25, he's got Northwestern at 24, uh, he's got Wisconsin at 21. I had forgotten that Jonathan Taylor ran for 2,100 yards, by the way. Oh, yeah. I had forgotten that until like last week. I didn't realize it was quite that prolific. He's got Penn State at 12, which I think might be a little high uh, for Bill. Uh, Notre Dame, 10. I mean, they're basically a Big Ten team. Then he's got Michigan, 9. He's got us at 5. So it's the highest I've seen us in a preseason poll um, in terms of somebody who actually does their homework. And I think it's probably closest to reality um, based on the amount of talent on the roster and the fact that we believe in Ryan Day. It was it was cool to see uh, his top four were Oklahoma, Georgia, uh, Clemson, and, and Alabama. So all familiar there um, with an Ohio State five. And then it was Texas, and it was LSU, and it was Florida before getting to Michigan. Yeah. I So here's, here's the thing that I think is interesting about the top 25. And as people start to, you know, we talked about narrative a little bit with the media days. As, as people start to talk to the coaches and kind of get a gauge on how confident they feel about their teams and and maybe start to just kind of I don't know formulate how they feel the starting you know offense and defense for all these top 25 teams are going to play out I as we get more information I guess is what I'm saying through the summer I think you will start to see the middle so that the the very top two or three teams right that's that's set but I think you're going to start to see kind of the narrative get set further and further back because of the playoffs so I guess what I'm saying here is that people aren't just going to be putting in random teams anymore. I think from anywhere between like 10 and 25, I, I think they're really going to yeah. take a hard look at the strength of the relative of the relative strength of these conferences and go, maybe sec, especially sec West, maybe it's not all it's cracked up to be. And maybe we don't just start inserting teams and maybe the big 10 gets another look because I don't think there's necessarily like, you know, you're going to get a lot of top 10 teams out of the big 10, but there's a lot of legitimate talent. And I, again, I think when you look at some of the earlier out of conference games, I think the big 10 will get a lot of love. I think they'll perform fairly well. And teams like Nebraska, you know, people want Scott Frost to be, Man, we need him. they want him to do well because I think he's, you know, a yeah. personable dude. And it's a, it's a really good story, you know, going back home and all that. Um, I, I think they'll be legitimately a decent team. And so, you know, when people start to look at, these top 25, you know, lists. I mean, there's a lot of skepticism. I really think that whatever love the big 10 gets is honestly, in this instance, kind of justified. I think it's going to be a, a good conference this season. And I'm excited about that. I want it. To, I want there to be publicity because that helps Ohio state down the line, right? Ohio state yeah, comes out sure. and people start, you know, at the beginning of this saying the big 10 is a powerful conference that helps Ohio state at the end of November and early December. It absolutely does. Two teams that were not ranked were Iowa and Michigan state. Yeah. Um, and I think both of them could bounce back. I yeah. Mean, I think Michigan State could really bounce back. Both both Iowa and Michigan State, it seems when very little is expected, more is accomplished. So I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those programs bounced back big uh, in 2019. I, I think we're set up for a very interesting year. I really do. And I think the best thing that can happen for the league is for Nebraska. 
to have a big year. And I think right. Frost has the offensive firepower to do it. I don't know if our old boy, uh, Mr. Grinch, can get it going defensively. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, because I, that if they can just be a little better defensively, I think they got a real shot. They lost a lot of heartbreaking games early in the year, um, but they've got they, they certainly have talent offensively. So it'll be fun, and uh, it's going to be here before you know it. With media days coming, you know that the this whole thing's going to start whipping up pretty quickly. Uh, we'll get to ask us anything a little bit later. Before we do, though, be sure and visit Eleven Warriors Dry Goods for shirts, hats, stickers, and more. Drygoods.elevenwarriors.com. And don't forget to follow the Eleven Dubcast on Twitter and rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It is our pleasure to bring on one of the great friends of the program, our good buddy John Diebler, 33. Uh, I have two 33s in my life, two threes, uh, Laurenitis and Diebler, both great guys. Uh, and Johnny, thanks for taking the time, my friend. You're back, you're home. Um, you and your brother have one other thing in common that you both married my interns, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty wild. Isn't that amazing? You're the mad. Isn't that amazing? Unbelievable. It really is. It really is. The good news. I think you at least were with Kate before she interned. I don't think your brother was. I think, I think, uh, I think your brother's wife, I think he probably met her because she was an intern. I think, I believe I had that. that is- she, she went. That is to correct. all the games with us. Because he was the video yeah. coordinator here at Ohio State and met with That's that. right. That's right. That's what I thought. That's great. Um, so you you are uh let we got a lot to get to. We got the basketball tournament. I want to talk about your basketball camp. I want to talk about your brother on staff now and all of these things. Uh your home. Um I you've put it out on social media, so I, I know all Buckeye fans know that you are expecting. Um, you have just p- finished another season in Europe. Where is your career at right now, buddy, as you are expecting to be a father? And congratulations, you know, at least on this platform for that, because there's no bigger joy, I don't think, in life than that. Um, where where are you at with your career right now, and where are you at with the family, and where's your mindset? Oh, goodness. Um, it's kind of been crazy uh, since I've been back. Just finished my eighth year overseas, last seven years in Turkey. Um, and, yeah, we got back like mid-May. And from May to now, we've been in the process of moving into a new home here in Columbus. Um, uh, and just, it's been, it's been crazy. Like Kate is doing amazing. The, the babies are doing amazing. We're obviously hoping and praying for a healthy pregnancy. And I'm beyond excited slash nervous, all sorts of feelings for that. Uh, don't really know what to expect. You know, everyone that everyone asks me, "Are you ready?" And I'm like, yeah, "I I guess." Like, are you ever really ready <laughs> for children? You know, I I just I don't. That's know. the correct I'm, answer. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know anything about babies. I'm the youngest. Have never <laughs> had to be around babies. So that's a little that's a little terrifying. Um, you know, like Kate, like Kate nannied in college. So yeah. and she has three younger siblings so she's like yeah change diapers done it before you yep. know crying baby's been around them before i've never been around that um i had this like weird thing as well where even like my brother's children um i don't hold them until they're like one like, I just, <laughs> that'll change I, I don't do it i don't do it like is that so his rule or your rule it's my rule I okay just, they're so little and fragile so <laughs> I'm trying to get over that to prepare to, cause I'm obviously going to want to hold my children. Um, yeah, we're having a boy and a girl. It's amazing. It's crazy. Wow. Getting the nursery ready. It's like seeing their little clothes that we have so far. It's pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's honestly my main priority right now. Basketball's on hold. We'll see what the future holds with that. 
but I'm just excited to be home and, and looking forward to, uh, to having those two blessings get here. One, one quick follow-up on that. One of my favorite things when we, before we had our first one was people would come up to us and they would say, man, your life's really going to change. And I would, I, my answer was, well, yeah, we're bringing a human into the world. I'm aware that this is going to change. Like, it's not like I thought it was going to be like something I could put, you know, on a, on a shelf and just hang out with it two hours a day. Like I was aware as you're going through it, you're watching, you're like, I'm aware this is going to be quite significant. Absolutely. And people usually don't help because they're like, Oh, no sleep. You're not going to get any sleep. Like it's amazing. You're going to love it. No sleep. Yeah. And they always like tell you how amazing it is, but then they always throw in this little, like, yeah, this is also the other side of that. Yeah. So it's, it's all, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Again, nervous. Like, there's a lot of emotions and feelings, but let's do it. <laughs> so, okay, so I want to ask you this. So I, I would I would assume that your brother has given you some advice about, you know, rearing children and, and all that going on. Um, have you been able to help him out with, like, an Ohio State transition that he's going through? Honestly, He's he's got the transition just from when he was here when when Coach Mata was still coaching and being the video coordinator. It's just it's right. kind of like coming back home for him. So I'm super excited to have him here just because it saves me a trip every summer. Um, <laughs> as, much as, as much as we loved going to Nashville because Nashville is an awesome city. Never been to Nashville until Jake was at Vanderbilt. So the food there is amazing. Um, I told him like. The, when I found out that he got the job, I was like, so you're telling me we don't get to have Hattie B's anymore in Nashville. Right. So, <laughs> um, but, but super excited for him to, to be back. And I know he's thrilled to be here. And anyone who knows Jake knows that he's going to bust his butt and do what has to be done for the program to, to help the program be as successful as they can be. How did how did that? When did you first hear that he was being considered? Um, I have to imagine it's a dream step for him. Um, with and he was big with Garland too, wasn't he? Wasn't he a major recruiter of Darius Garland? Yeah, I thought I saw him at the draft. Yeah, he was the main recruiter for uh, for Garland, and obviously, you know, he was the yeah. fourth or fifth pick by the Cavs. But yeah, Jake was at the draft and um, had a great relationship with him. And obviously Vanderbilt getting him to go there, you know, I know that he didn't play many games and had the injury and whatnot. And, you know, obviously if he played, they would have probably done a lot better and Jake would, you know, still be at Vanderbilt. It's kind of crazy how all this works, but they just, you know, he's, he's a phenomenal player, great individual, awesome kid. Um, But yeah, Jake was the main recruiter with him. And, and obviously with Jake coming back to, to Ohio and, you know, having the connections with Ohio, I think helps. And, but, you know, Coach Holtman and his staff have done a phenomenal job the first two years, and they're just – they're doing a great job right now, and I know everyone's excited about the direction that the program's heading in. I kind of want to ask you about that because, it, it, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about on this this podcast is is how well Chris Holtman is doing at bringing in, you know, Mata-era guys into the program and, like, having around and, and making sure that they're still a part of the culture and the team. Can you – like, what has he done – specifically that you've seen really reach out and make sure that that continues from, you know, that modest senior as coach to his. Yeah. I mean, he just, he just made it um, something that was very important to him to, to reach out to all the former players. I think when he took the job, he knew um, kind of what we had here 
was very special. And I don't think a lot of programs in the country have what we have here where, you know, a lot of former players come back here and live here in the summertime. We go up and work out together every day. We still use the facilities and they still welcome us. And, you know, obviously that's a testament to Coach Mata and kind of the program that he built. And Coach Holtman just like made it a point to reach out to all of us and say, hey, listen, nothing's going to change. And as a former player, that made us feel very good. And obviously, you know, we were confident in his ability to coach and what he was going to do for the program. So that just made us feel even better um, when a coach does that and continues to welcome us and, you know, hey, come play with the guys in open gym or, you know, hey, the weight room's open, gym's open. You guys are more than welcome to, to come in and use the facilities just, just like it has been in the past. You know, they have the little fingerprint things on the doors to get in the gym, and we all have our fingerprints for that. And just little things like that. Um, makes us makes us feel good because it is a special place and it's pretty awesome what what the university and the basketball program has here and again you know coach Mata developed that and built that and for coach Holtman to just continue that on is is awesome and you know we're hoping that it just continues um you know even the guys that are going to leave now and we're hoping that that just continues to to last and that's what makes this place special yeah, I, th- I think it's um, – he seems to have hit all the notes perfectly. Now, he hasn't – the one thing that he hasn't had to do yet is coach with expectations. He'll have to do that next year. Um, yeah. The first two years here, it's been – you know, very little has been expected, and he's done great. He's overachieved. But, Debs, I wonder if you've taken notice of some of the little things he's done, like wearing – he wore uh, the Jimmy Jackson throwbacks. He wore the Clark Kellogg throwbacks. He wore the – played the game at the sh- at uh, St. John – um, he also did like the, the scheduling of, of Cincinnati, um, and those type of things. Have you, have you paid attention mm-hmm. to those little, little nods that he's oh, done? I think absolutely. that I, I think an inch goes a hundred miles with Buckeye fans with some of that stuff. Oh, absolutely. I think people forget, you know, the, there's a lot of tradition with the basketball program. Um, yeah. and deservedly so it can get lost in, in the, the football tradition. And again, I say deservedly so because football programs unbelievable here <laughs> everyone knows that but basketball <laughs> yeah. has a very very rich tradition and um you know there's a lot of great players that played here going back to you know Clark Kellogg Jim Jackson you know um, Bill Hoskett Havlicek there's just there's so much tradition here and then just you know since coach Mata took over the great players and guys like Evan Turner who has his jersey retired um it's and I think when when things like coach like you said coach Holtman paying tribute to those things it it kind of brings back those memories for people who do remember, um, you know, when those guys played basketball, like the Jim Jacksons and, you know, the Scooney Pens, the Mike Reds. And it just, it's good for, it's a good reminder because there is a great tradition with Ohio State basketball. I got to, okay, I got to ask you this because this is a debate that we've also had periodically. And I, you, you can answer it however you want. But the question Uh-oh. that I want to know from you is, how, as a basketball player, do you truly feel about Valley City Arena and St. John's Arena and the quality of, you know, atmosphere that you get from playing in those those particular venues? Um, you know what? If you were to ask me this before my senior year, I would say I absolutely love St. John's Arena. Yeah. But since they changed the Valley City Arena and put the students behind the bench, like instead of I think they still do that, correct? I'm almost positive yeah. they still do yeah. The nut house yep. is like behind the benches. Yep. Makes it way better. And um, I mean, obviously, before they were behind the baskets. But listen, I'm not going to complain about Value City Arena. It's a beautiful arena. It's like a pro arena. So 
Um, I love that place. I mean, obviously, I played in it at in high school, getting to state. That was like our goal is like get to the shot. So yeah. <laughs> love that place. St. John's is awesome, except for when we played there in the summertime. It was oh, incredibly hot for like <laughs> one of those All Star games. Do you remember that? Uh, that was, that was an, uh, that, yeah, remember Deebs? That. that was Columbus, Cleveland. Remember Tristan yeah. Thompson played in it after his rookie year? Yeah, yeah, it was insane. And it was a hundred and sixty in there. It was, <laughs> that is like that was that was one not so pleasant memory of St. John's, but <laughs> St. John's is awesome. So I I don't have a feeling either way. I love both of them. Um, so I think I think they're both unique in their own way. Obviously, with the tradition of St. John's, but they really did a good job with, with I think personally as a player, former player, moving the students to uh, behind the benches kind of gives it that more college atmosphere instead of that pro arena atmosphere because it is a beautiful arena. It's got everything you need. It's huge. It seats a lot of people. Beautiful court. You know, it's it's a nice place. It's also I think important that your time was probably along with the one year Connolly and Odin the best time for it. Uh, That's because, true. Yeah. I mean, you guys were the number one team in the country your senior year. So, you know, there was that was a circus. Every game was a yeah. circus. It's what, what yeah, when they don't I have. Think that was the, I think that was the first year where they moved the students. So it was like, yeah, it was. It was awesome. Yeah, it was. And it was pretty much packed all the time. It was it was also. So you the, your last experiences of 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 the shot are the best it's been. Right. Um, and in some years since. <laughs> A lot of times it's pretty cavernous, so I think that's that's the thing that Holtman's you know jockeying with a little bit. Is it, it when you have seven thousand people in there in December? That's that's not a great. That's a tough. That's not the best venue. You guys didn't have that because it was so, there was so much juice around your team when Jared and Aaron came in your your senior year. Yeah. Um, speaking of of a lot of those guys, many of them, you guys are back at it in the basketball tournament. Um, is Scooney still coaching? Yes, he is. So one two one two is coaching. Um, who is on the roster this year compared to, and you're not Scarlet and gray anymore. Cause you can't be right. No. Yeah. That's kind of, that's, that's a whole nother story. I don't, I don't really know about it, but kind of <laughs> interesting that former players can't <laughs> use Scarlet and gray, but it is what it is. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. So new name. We're most of the same guys, just a little older, a little more gray hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, is, Kraft, myself, so, Courtney yep. Ingram, Lighty Buford, uh, Evan Ravenel, Leon Rogers, and, you know, we're hoping to add a couple guys. Um, you know, we're not sure if Deshaun Thomas is going to play. Lenzel cannot because he had some surgery or he had an injury. Um, okay. So, we're hoping to add a couple guys before Friday. So, yeah, like I said, just getting older, and we're going to go out and give it another world. So, hopefully we can uh, – put on a good show for, for the people that come out and, and try and win this thing. And that's this week. It is You guys are playing at Capitol too, right? Yeah. So they changed the format this year. Instead of three weekends, you have to win two games. It's like two, two, two. Now they're just doing two weekends, and you have to win three games in each weekend. Okay. So still winning six games to win it all, but so it'll be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday if we win. Okay. Um, it, did You buried the lead there. Deshaun Tom, I haven't seen Deshaun since he left. I haven't seen him. Deshaun's doing is great. He he's doing great. I've he's great. Him a couple of years overseas. He's doing great. Um, he's playing in Euroleague. He has played in okay. Euroleague the last couple of years. He's having a great career overseas. Okay. And he's still like, he, That's all he would say. That's it. That's all. That's how he lived. <laughs> that's what he does. And that's that's all he does. does. Yeah. There's no bad does. shot. 
the quotes that no. I would get from that guy post game was the most magical time of, of my time in Columbus. Like it was just <laughs> the stuff that would come out of his mouth was pure magic. It was incredible. Sean is great. Great guy. Yeah. I know he's getting married this summer. So okay. uh, that's why he's actually not playing with us. He's getting married, which is awesome. And obviously is more important than the basketball yeah. tournament. Um, so, okay. you know, congrats to him and he's doing great, having a great career overseas. And that's amazing. So we're, we're excited for him. All right. Last thing for me, uh, that uh, your basketball camp, my, we're going to be in Montana this year. So my kids aren't going to be able to go, but they went, uh, last uh, year. It stinks. Rough. Yeah. It's, well, it's bad for them. And I, my oldest son goes to a million basketball camps and his, his love of yours was just off the charts, just off the charts. And you, it's coming up shortly. Uh, how do, if the people want to get in truly, if you're a parent and your kids are interested and you're in the Columbus area, you got to get, you got to get to this camp deeps. So when is it? How do the people get signed up? Yeah, it's July 22nd through the 25th. And actually this year, um, there was a little scheduling conflict. We're only doing grades third through sixth and seven through 12. So it's kind of, uh, unfortunate and, you know, all the workers that help work my camp are kind of sad that we're not doing the K through second grade. But, yeah, people can still sign up July, again, July 22nd through the 25th. Um, you can uh, contact Gina Brownlee. Um, her email is Gina Brownlee at ColumbusJCC.org. So, yeah, we're excited. Um, the more the merry, we, we love it. I know the guys, you know, Dallas, Kraft, Eddie Days, guys that work the camp love interacting with the kids and – we have a good time. I mean, we, we learn yeah. about the game of basketball. We have a good time. So it's, it's fun. I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully we get some, some kids out there and have a good time. Yeah, it's awesome. You can't believe how much one-on-one -on -one the kids get with you guys. It's really cool the way you guys do it. Um, all right, buddy. It, 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 honestly, the guys who work it make the camp. You know, they're, yeah. they're great with the kids, and, and I'm very appreciative of them helping out. So it's, it's a good time. It certainly is. Um, good luck with the over the next month and a half uh we'll be you'll be in our thoughts uh, to get some healthy birth and uh look forward to little deebs running around and thank you for your time my friend and good luck with the camp and good luck with the basketball tournament as well awesome thanks guys for having me all right talk to you soon buddy thanks man right, we'll see one more reminder don't forget to follow the dubcast on twitter and rate and subscribe on itunes or wherever you get your podcast subscribe please for all of us it's best that way it just shows up and there you go. It's, it's the best way to do it. Um, it's time for uh, for Ask Us Anything. What do you have for us this week, my friend? Well, if you guys want to ask us anything, go ahead and send us questions to dubcast at 11warriors.com or at 11dubcast. This first one is from our good friend Alvin. Alvin simply wants to know, if Urban Meyer was a CEO of a Fortune 100 company, what company would he be the best uh, CEO for? Halliburton. Halliburton? I think Halliburton. That's a good <laughs> Military contractor. There you go. <laughs> that seems like I think feel like chemical. Um, very straightforward. Did Halliburton? They did bad things. I don't mean anybody bad, but no, no, that's no, just I, they did. They're fine, right? Lockheed that's like Martin, King, right. Is that Lockheed Martin? That's what I meant. Yeah, Lockheed Martin would be a good one if you're talking about like you know a, a contractor or something. Like I needed that. a military contractor. Yeah, Lockheed Martin. Let's do that. What did Halliburton yeah. do? Did they do bad things? Yeah, Halliburton's like the the oil, you know the. the oh my the, God, the no, not them. No. Yeah, no, Lockheed yeah. Martin. Like, that's what, what are you talking about? Yeah, could be Nike. Yeah. I think Nike would be a good fit. Um, I don't think he wants but, to think as much though. Like he's straightforward. Like yeah, military contractor seems to be straightforward. 
Like, let's right. do, what yeah. do we need? We got to get the best weapons. Let's get the weapons. Let's sell them to the people. Let's go get me more weapons. Let's go. I feel like he'd be good at that. All right. Yeah, no, I know. I think I'm, I'm right there with you. I would say, yeah, I would say something where you've got a product you're, you've got basically, you know, you don't have a ton of people you're selling to. Uh, I think that would work out pretty well. I think you would do pretty well with, uh, you know, something where you've got to really kind of sell it a little bit. Um, yeah. So you know, like like a, a car, like Ford Motor Company, right? Like some General Motor. Oh yeah, you're like, you'd be good at that. Promoting it, I think you'd be very good at that. I think that's something yeah. that he would uh, kind of take over and and do well with. So yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next one here. This is uh, this is a question that we received on uh, Twitter. This is from James, and he asks us: Given Netflix losing The Office and Friends, plus the increasing fragmentation and cost of streaming services. Is there a chance that cable, at least a YouTube TV type version, might make a comeback? If so, how could this impact rights fees? So I was at the Major League Baseball All-Star Game last Monday, which is why I missed I was at the home run derby. And so yeah. oh, we didn't ask you about that. How did that go, by the way? Was that was that a good it time? Was stunning. It was great. It was um just the athletic marvel of like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to see it in person, to see somebody take oh, yeah. 125 cuts and hit crazy. 90 out of the park was crazy, crazy, uh, just incredible appreciation for the physicality of it. Um, but I, w- I happen to be um, in the presence of some really smart people in some really big companies. And when I say really big companies, I mean the biggest companies <laughs> going right now that are all kind of in this trying to sort this out. And what I would say is, um, if your thought was that the um, the Amazons, the Facebooks, the Googles, that they were going to be bidding on rights, uh, you would be wrong. That mm. that they're not going to be. Uh, I don't believe they will be, based on the conversations I had. That they will be. That their view is that the leagues need them more than they need them. So. Right. Uh, I don't think you're going to see an overpaying, which I had that wrong. I thought maybe they'd all get involved. But after my conversations last week, I don't think they will. Um, the other thing I would say on that is anybody who pretends that they know where this is going is lying because <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody has any idea what this is going to look like in in two years, let alone five. They have no idea. I so I, I mean, I agree with you 100 percent like the, this could zig and zag 100 thousand different ways i mean it's it's completely unpredictable something could pop up there could be some kind of streaming service that pops up some you know especially with uh you know when they add like 5g and and how you know internet speeds might change in the next five to ten years who knows what will happen with that um i've thought about this too actually because if i mean the appeal of streaming services is that you have a lot of content for little money but Mm -hmm. if it gets more fragmented and you have less content for an increasingly high subscription fee, then it's essentially just a la carte cable. And I don't know that people really are down with that. So, I mean, the reason why I haven't completely cut the cord is live sports. That's that's basically it, because I yeah. still can't really access those things without the cable packages that I have. But um yeah, it's it's fascinating to me because it's it's not going to stay the same. But I'm with you, man. I have no idea what it's going to look like in the future. And I think James no makes a decent that. point. It, it's th- there are different variables about this that we have not even begun to consider. And I just think it's really interesting. Um, last <laughs> last one. I want to go back to this because I want to ask you this, Bo. I talked yep. to Andy about this last week, and Andy okay. is like, 
Andy is is his day job. He is deep into like the food industry, particularly the meat industry with beef yeah, and I've, things like that. I see that. Um, it seems like he'd get along with my father well. Oh yeah, he he Andy Andy's a a good old boy. You know, eat, you know Western Ohio farm right. He knows all about this stuff. Yeah, and we had a conversation about barbecue, and okay. I got some heat on Twitter for my barbecue <laughs> take. Okay. Um, I. I put pulled pork over brisket. So we were asked, what is no. the best barbecue foods? I put pulled pork over brisket. How do you feel about my answer on that? Are you well, disgusted I, by my dismissal as, of brisket? As a son of, 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 a, uh, of a family cattle industry, uh, right. I, would, I would go with the brisket over okay. the pulled pork. Um, I would say that probably what you get most times – what unfortunately, what you get mostly up here is not very good brisket. I would agree with that. I've I've so, I have not had great brisket. That's that's yeah. probably why I have not had really good brisket. And maybe yeah. I need to go to like Texas or someplace to to really yeah. You know, there's some places. It, but... Um, I know I know like Mabel's up in Cleveland does a good job with their brisket. Michael Simon's place. Um, I'm sure there's a place in Columbus. I'm forgetting that does a nice brisket. Pulled pork is the safest. I That's, mean, that was my stance. Yes. You've never had, it's really hard to screw it up. It's almost right. always good. So I think that's probably why the, it's, it's easier to do right. And brisket's a little harder. Um, but if I had to choose between the two, I'm with Andy, I would go brisket. All right. Well, is, here's you don't see so, that many good ones. I'll show, I'll show my ass a little bit. Uh, in Middletown, Ohio, uh, yeah. there <laughs> South, Southwestern Ohio, Cincinnati, especially huge, you know, pork, area right like you go to cincinnati you see all these like you know pig statues and things like that and they're all painted up and whatnot uh middletown probably there's two notable things in middletown i I would suggest people check out if you're if you're in the vicinity there are two reasons to spend more than five seconds in middletown the first is the jug which is a uh, kind of a roadside um burger joint where you can get like a double huge large burger for like a buck 50 it's super cheap um and the other is a monument to pigs. And there is a, it's just a headstone. It's a giant, That's it's awesome. a giant headstone just off the side of the road. And it's, there was some breed of pig that was developed in Middletown, the 1800s. And I don't know when they erected this thing, but they just put up this giant, Amazing. huge granite headstone uh, commemorating a, a breed of pig. And it's because it's, what's you know, the breed? I can't remember. I can't remember it. I I've seen it like a hundred times, but I've been trying to figure I need to go back down there. I'm going to take a picture. We will discuss this at a later date, but next time in Middletown, I'm going to figure out what this breed is uh, so I can properly uh, venerate it on the Dubcast. So America's only pig monument in Warren County, Ohio, Middletown, Butler County, Ohio. Butler County, please. Let's, oh, let's this, I'm just reading this off of, uh, off of the internet, so I just assumed it was was fact poland china hogs first bred there you in miami go. valley that sounds poland right. china hogs hell yeah see what these guys look like <laughs> let me get a quick google search on them oh, I'm sure they're oh look at this guy he is formidable i it's bet they're just... great looking hog man yeah and and that's, that's and great look, and that bill oh boy those are yeah, those are big. big boys um yeah and that bill Middletown in the uh, in the 1800s. So we've got a giant monument to these these pigs. So I look, I'm I'm a big pork fan in barbecue, and and maybe that's just a product of where I grew up. Wow, that's a so, beauty. They're beautiful yeah. beasts. Yeah, good looking. That's pig. incredible. Look at you, dude. <laughs> Go Middletown. Yeah, Chris Carter and and Poland China hogs. 
Yeah, right, right in between. Yeah, Chris Carter. It's the big three. We got Chris Carter, uh, Poland China pigs, and uh, Jerry Lucas. So there you go. Jeez, <laughs> that's pretty good. Pretty good out of yeah. hometown. Well, you can drop a Jerry Lucas, Chris Carter upside someone's head, and you got two Hoffs. That's a pretty yeah. good job out of you. Good Not job, Middleton. Jalen Marshall is pretty damn good as a Buckeye as well. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So that's yeah. ask us anything. Those are our questions. Please send in any barbecue and or uh, Poland China pig uh, related questions. I'm excited about this. Cast. Yeah, I'll show you. Like I'll you should get a pet. You, I'll send you a link you to get the a pet one of those monument. Yeah, instead of a dog or a cat, you should get a pig. One of those Poland China pigs is a pet. You know, that's the next step. I got the house right. Yeah, we got the yard. Perfect. Uh, yeah, we got room for them to root around and get a little yeah. mud going. We should do that. I don't know why we wouldn't. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I live near Clintonville, so it, really the next step is to get farm animals, right? Like that's Perfect. the hipster move. Like either a chicken right. coop or pigs is what I need. There you to start go. Doing. You're so, ready, buddy. There you go. Moving on up in the world. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> good job on Ask Us Anything this week. And uh, we yeah, thank John Diva for joining us uh, as well. Always good to talk to the other 33. Uh, his camp coming up, the basketball tournament coming up, Big Ten Media Days this week. So we'll have that to react to next week. Until then, my friend, I will talk to you then. Yep, talk to you next week.